Welcome to Blathering Blatherskites. We are on episode number 96, and I am your host, Ken Doman. I am joined by Robbie and Ryan, as usual. Uh, Robbie, Ryan, it's been a couple of weeks. How have you guys been? Uh, Robbie, I got it through to you. Got you, uh, and we're out of the state for a little bit. Had probably have <laughs> a few uh, things going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, we spent we spent eight days at Disney World. Um, went to the park six days and pretty much opened to close the park every day. Um, but so we're exhausted. We're absolutely yeah. exhausted. But it was fun. The kids had fun. My parents came along. I'm not sure they had fun, but they were there and they enjoyed the kids, I think. Uh, and my brother and his his wife and my nephew were there too. And so the, the cousins got to hang out a little bit. And it was good. It was a good trip. Um, you know, Disney World during a pandemic is a little odd. Um, 95 degree weather with masks on is not fun. Um, they did just lift the mask ban outside at Disney World. So we missed it by a week. Um, so... That's so a little close. disappointing. <laughs> so <pretty> close. close. <laughs> um, but really, I mean, overall, like the crowds weren't horrible. Um, most people were really good about giving people space. Um, you know, there's a couple couple people who are kind of like, I mean, there's lines everywhere. And like, sorry, in the lines, there's these things on the ground that says, please wait here until the next line's available, like a, like a spot, like six to eight feet. Space so you're about out, eight yeah. to 10 feet apart, right? So your group right. could sit on, stand on this one. The group behind you is behind you a little bit. And, and that's in the line for the rides. Um, and generally people, you know, they, they adhere to that. There's some people, I, maybe 25% of the people at Disney World are illiterate and can't read the signs. So it's um, a rough estimation, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of people who can't read very well. Um, who don't like they, they also couldn't get their mask over their nose but they were mouth breathers anyway so it's okay like it's not a big deal um sorry it was just funny um there's there was overall people were very um very good about following the rules um but there was a you know a couple people just were like 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 this one one person i remember vividly she she's probably 15 years old something like that her dad had his mask down underneath the chin, talking on the phone in the in the line, and she was just had her mouth had her mask down too, and just the whole line. And it's like, you know, read the room, folks. Like yeah. everybody's wearing a mask. So, but yeah, uh, the crowds weren't horrible. We got like one day at Magic Kingdom, we got there about an hour before it opened, and they usually have been letting people in. So that the crowd outside doesn't get too bad. Yeah. And they open the rides up early. So we had we we were we were on our fifth ride when the park opened. Like we had already started our fifth ride. So that was pretty cool. Um but yeah, we had a good time. Did you fun. see anything new? Were there any new attractions you got to to visit since your last time there? Or? Yeah, the only one that's new um is well, the only one that we went on that's new, I can't think of any others right now, is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad. Um and so it's uh, it's where the old uh, movie ride used to be at Hollywood Studios. So they got rid of that and they put this in, and it's it's fun. It's it's very you know child centric, right? But it's very sim- similar to like the mechanics of Rise of the Resistance, which I'm not sure you guys have ridden before, but it's a that's a very very popular ride. It's the most popular ride at Disney right now, Rise of the Resistance. Uh, it has to do with Star Wars. Um, but you're in you're in a cart like a car with like four people in front, four people in back, and it's all moves independently. So everything's computer computer controlled and you're like, you're dancing or you're 
you know, just moving around this room and like it's choreographed. So the, all the, like there's four of these cars moving in and out of each other the whole time. Huh. Um, it's really cool the way they do it. It's hard to explain, but that's a new, that's the only ride that's new. Um, and I, I got to ride my favorite ride, which is uh, Avatar Flight of Passage at yes. Animal Kingdom. I'm um, with you on that one. Yeah. That one's a blast. Um, I've been, I've ridden it once before this trip. And then there's like three trips we went where I couldn't ride it. I was too, uh, either too inflexible. My legs are too long or I was just too fat. I don't know. Uh, but I never fit quite right, but I was able to cram. I've lost about 50 pounds. So I've been able to cram myself in. So that was good. Um, and I got to ride that twice, which was awesome. So, and I get to ride Rise of the Resistance twice because we went to that park twice. That was fun. And we rode the Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run probably five times, maybe. So wow. three, four or five times. Um, so yeah, it was a good trip. Sorry, I took all the time. Let's talk, Ryan, what do you No, that's about? great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it, Ryan. Uh, busy week in the fields. Uh, I uh, was able to shoot some guns here this afternoon with my friend. And uh, really enjoyed that. And I got... Uh, you know, I saw a couple articles that were interesting that broke my interest, and I thought that a uh, certain uh, baseball card from my childhood was worth a lot of money. It turns out I'm one year off the mark. Uh, but it's not. It's not. It's still worth something, right? You know, yeah, it's yeah, not it's, worthless. It's, it's just. It's oh, he's got guy, it right there. Roberto Clemente. That yep. was 1955. Uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be about eleven thousand dollars. Oh Jeez. wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I've been I've been basically in my baseball card collection and looking. Okay, I've got this complete set. I've got this. I've got that. So you, this article is this like uh, talking about a resurgence in, in you know card collecting, or just the values have gone up, or what's going on? Well, you know, it's always been a kind of a, a you know kind of an introvert group collectors i mean we just you know you gotta kind of kept to yourself but i just the cnn thing came on i showed it to you guys earlier in the week and i'm like man i know i got these cards and uh so it's a whole process it's kind of interesting how it's changed like no longer do you use beckett magazine i don't know if you remember that rob yeah oh yeah i remember the beckett's yep yeah so even those are worth money like (laughs) so yeah my mom threw all mine away of course, yeah. as I've did still many got others. the Bo Jackson yeah. one with the shoulder pads, and I've got the, oh, you have that the Beckett, yeah. that's and I've cool. got the football. I got the one where he's on the football Beckett too, because you had to have multiple subscriptions. They weren't yep. smart enough to give you all the cards in one magazine. Oh no, so yeah. they were smart enough. Yeah, they they're like yeah. get these guys multiple times. Yeah, but the, I mean, in their in their in their defense, like the magazine was fairly thick. Yeah, and yeah. if you had to yeah, double yeah. it for football or basketball, it'd be crazy. Yeah. But yeah. I, so, yeah, I remember the Beckett's. I've so, got, I've got probably a list here of uh, all fifty cards that I could probably sell different. But the whole game has changed from when I was like nine or ten years old, and in the nineties. I mean, it's I'm insane. sure. Well, with online, that probably completely changes how trading happens. Well, this this card here that I just showed you, it's yeah. Roberto Clemente. Uh, it's either like a dollar, literally, quite literally, if you go to the sold listings on eBay. It goes from like a dollar up to eight hundred dollars, and now they want you to get your card graded, which that costs mm. you a minimum of twenty dollars a card. Oh gosh! So, so because you don't, you know, if you're the buyer, you don't want to buy crap. You know, I, I right. understand why they do that. Yeah. But so now it's, uh, I've been going through that, and 
I think I'm going to pull the trigger because I found one card I didn't even realize. If I get it appraised, it could be almost a thousand dollars, and it's not even this one. So, so Ryan, I, I know you and I, you you always had a better collection than I did, um, which was fine. But like thinking back, like how much do you think you know in the '90s you spent on your collection? It's hard. It's hard for me to think about how much it would have been because the money was different then, right? But well, yeah, and the bubble gum totally made it worth it. So I, I don't know. <laughs> But I remember you, I mean, I remember your dad taking you, to, to taking you to shows and stuff too. And you'd come back with a new card you bought from a collector yeah. or something. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess you probably had what, three to $5,000 total in it, maybe, or more. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I know. I know I certainly didn't pay for my Beckett Magazine subscription. I mean, usually mom and dad would get me that for Christmas. And I would, you know, if I made some money yeah. uh, picking up rocks, I'd buy a pack of cards or, you know, or, you know, just. And even yeah, I'm just trying to think how much I have in it too. Yeah. So Ryan, are you, are you looking to cash out or like at least I think partially? I am going to cash. Yeah. Well, ask, I've, I've been having some candid conversations with Stone to see if he wants to take the car collection over. That was yeah. my next question: Is are, are you have yeah. you considered giving it to the kids? Yeah. 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 I've, I've considered it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a cool it. thing. Uh, they they sure like the money though too. I think if you ask them honestly, but yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what we're gonna, I'm going to do with it, but chances are I'm probably going to sell it. Uh, okay. Uh, it's just, I think it's just time. Even my son's Pokemon cards. Yeah. From those, not that long ago. It's a huge market for those. Absolutely. Yeah. I could. I was blown away. He showed me a card today. I looked it up on eBay. A hundred dollars. Wow. Wow. So has he yeah, bought? Has got, he bought individual cards or just like buy them in packs? Uh, I think he's done both. Okay. He was into Pokemon. Uh, pretty hot and heavy there earlier in his in his life, but he yeah. got well. This one's a shiny, so that means it's worth more, Dad. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my kids oh, have okay. hundreds. I mean, my my oldest son has like seven or eight hundred cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I know that's not a lot compared to like what baseball cards were, but like well, you get his packs. Yeah, it's, it's just it's it's, well, it's uh, I don't know. They're really expensive too. Just for to Christmas one year, we got my son. We got him a a deck of like it was like fifty or hundred cards that were all guaranteed to be rare like shiny cards yeah so he has yeah this, this whole deck of them that are you know kind of the higher end cards huh. and and i did i did just randomly pick out a few that i thought would be worth something and they're worth way more than what we bought them for when we got them for them that's only been a year or two um and that's that's my whole point when a fad's a fad yeah. you're gonna jump on it and sell because if you yeah. don't you're holding yeah more. i'm sure ask somebody with a garage full of beanie babies how they feel about that yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, a pack well, of baseball cards is like seven bucks now. When I was growing up, yeah. they're like two fifty at the most. Yeah, yeah. three, yeah. maybe three if you bought the high end upper deck or the, uh, the upper deck, you yeah. know, or whatever, whatever it was at the time. I, I was buying the, I was buying the Fleer. Yep, I Fleer and Donners and top, <laughs> Donners. tops, tops. Top. Yeah. I bought a lot of tops, yep. and they, and they just went public after eighty three years. They're a public company now. So yep. they went through. They went with the SPAC. Yeah, yeah. So, I used to collect uh, comic books back in the day, but I had, I, I have like a narrow window when I collected. It was when they hold the old Death of Superman thing, mm-hmm. and I bought like every issue during that whole series. Um, you still the, have them? Yeah, yeah. And the the Death of Superman one, I bought two copies of that one because I knew it was going to be worth something, and one of them still in the brown paper bag. That's I awesome. never even opened it. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
I haven't looked them up. They're just kind of something that's in a box at my parents' house. I'm like, well, someday I'll go through them. But you'd be amazed. I, I was shocked at some of the values and just, you know, just what, you know, it's just really interesting. It's a yeah. nice little escape. I think, I think with COVID ending or hopefully ending, it's going to slow down. People kind yeah. of, yeah. All these people yeah. locked in their houses, they're like, oh, what can we do? And they're pulling out their collections and going through stuff, kind of revisiting things and getting into stuff that they might not have thought about for a while. Now, Ryan, are you going to try to sell cards individually? Or are you going to say, hey, here's this whole collection and here's some of the highlighted cards and there's others here. What are you thinking? Well, I took a deep dive on this and uh, kind of in preparation for this. So uh, if you sell them on eBay, especially without a store, you're going to pay, you're going to pay an upwards of 20% to sell yeah. an individual card. So there's, you know, on the bulk cards, like, you know, like pick a player, like oil cam Boyd or whoever, you know, yeah. some random guy, you're good. It's a buck a card. You're pretty much going to be paying eBay to, to, to sell it for you. But you take a card eight, $900. It's anyways, I've, and then, I think my first step, my most logical step would be to get all the cards graded at 20 bucks a card minimum, Gosh. because I mean, uh, you, you go online, you go look on eBay, you, you do all the research, you'll see where a graded card earns you a lot more money potentially, even if it's only graded like at a seven or eight, like I'm, yeah. let's say it's a 10 point scale. I mean, you're who, still, who has to grade these things? Uh, there's a company out of New Jersey called PSA. They're the, probably the number one premier company uh okay. there's us there's lots of others that try to fill the space but they just don't get the results that psa does you can't just take it to a guy who says he's a card expert and have no. him grade your stuff okay no. there is one company in, in, in northeast ohio that i found that is an authorized dealer or reseller or something that uh that, that falls under the umbrella of psa but i still don't think they put it on the same level so that's what mm-hmm. I was looking for is a local shop to appraise my cards, you know, yeah. um, and there's a lock on that market. That's for sure. So it's, it's been very interesting, but cool. eBay is the number one place to go to sell. They're probably your yeah. number one seller, you know? Yeah. But they, and, yeah, uh, like you said, they take a pretty good chunk of your, of the cut. So there's another website called my slabs. I found that that's interesting where they are kind of like a, almost like a, uh, an agent for you and they like you have like an interview process, so they know it's a confirmed, legitimate sale. Yeah. It's 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 more high stakes, but they only take a one percent commission. Huh. Yeah. Are there any databases on there where you can just like put all your cards in, and then get like market value for it? like not get like not get paid for, it, but like see the market value for all your cards? Or do you have to kind of do this one by one? And, and that's that's the other key is process. It's one by one. So if I want to have a card appraised. At, you know, if I go on PSA's website and have a card yeah. that I want to have sent in, I got to do it card by card by card, all, all manual entry. So that's why I think the consignment route would be a better way for, for your average collector mm-hmm. to go. Well, here's an so, idea for a mobile app. If you come up with a mobile app that you could use like the phone camera <laughs> to recognize the card yeah. and pull that stuff up, man. You- I was just thinking like it would, it would save me a ton of time in the future. Like I have my cards, you know, somewhere in, in my office here. Um, if I just put them all in a spreadsheet somewhere, like at least I would have a copy of it now, like a digital copy that I could finagle with later. And maybe I can use it to hit some API or something to grab the per- current price 
Um, but then at least I would, you know, be able to keep track of them. But like I went through, oh, it's probably been five or six years ago. I went through all my cards and I started entering them all in online, seeing if anything's worth anything. And, you know, they're like 10 cents here, 25 cents there, $50 here, you know, there, there's, yeah. there's stuff there, but it's just, it's so monotonous. You never, I just never know which card is going to be, you know, good. Cause it had, I mean, I don't know if you remember Ryan, but there's some of those cards that had misprints, right? And those are worse than now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So those kind of weird things, but. And, and the other thing that PSA requires is that they want you to like, I hold up my case here. It's got the screws in it. I don't know if you can see it. Yep. Yeah. They want you to take those out and put it mm. in a, they have very specific rules on how you send your cards in. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not yeah. going to take it out because I don't want to hurt. I don't want the paint to come off, you know, the card or, you know, or anything like oh, that. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, uh yeah, there's. It's just really funny. I I need some more people expert opinion at this point. But yeah, oh cool, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's what that was like. That's a great project, and yeah, something yeah. that you might come out with some some money. So yeah, yeah I could use it right now. So that's, yeah, that's, that's good. That's cool. Oh, I'm sorry. The other thing I did last night was I went to my very first crawfish broil. You guys ever done this? No, no. I've heard of crawfish. I, I guess I I knew you could broil them but this or is a, boil, a, social... a crawfish boil yeah i mean that was okay. i mean something they do in louisiana all the time yeah yeah uh they yeah, make yeah. it i mean we had we had a bunch of you know kind of creole dishes and stuff that this family we're friends with they invite us over over for a crawfish crawfish boil so i mean i mean they just had a pot i mean they bought wow. i don't know a ton of crawfish and they just dump it on a table and you just sit you stand around and talk and eat it's like okay. i mean there's so much like you so just, I've never yeah. eaten one of these things. And to okay, me, it looks so, too complicated because it's, it's not hard. It's not hard. Okay. <laughs> like, most of it. I mean, the only thing you, so like if you're hardcore, like you, there's, there's three body parts, right? There's like the head and then like the thorax and the tail. Right. And so like you think about a lobster, right? Like it has a body part and it has a head and it has a tail. So you're essentially grabbing the body part and the tail and you rip it apart. Just, I mean, it's dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and some people will take the head and body and like suck out the fat that's in there, but that wasn't. I'm not hardcore yet. And then you just take the tail. So you have a tail, maybe this long, right? You peel back a couple of the uh, segments of the tail, and then you yeah. pull out the meat. And it just when you pull it out, it just oh. looks like a tiny shrimp. I mean, okay. that's, that's, all, that's okay. all it is. Um, and so, but it was fun. Yeah. We had a, okay. a good time. Kids, because some of my kids ate it too, which was amazing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, if you can get kids to try new stuff, that's cool. I, I'd always been hesitant on that because I just I like lobster. I really like lobster. I think they're great, but I'm like just imagining trying to do this on a small scale with like little tweezers or something trying to pick them apart. Yeah, it's like no. I guess you're I right. Mean, it's I probably way. I I thought I ate thirty of them. Okay. Maybe yeah. Yeah. They're small. They're, they're they're tiny. Like yeah. I mean I mean full like they're like this like. I don't know, five or six, five inches long, maybe. Yeah. But right. like, you're only eating like an inch of that or two inches of that, you know? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so yeah, uh, that was fun. That's yeah. cool. Do it again. Yeah. So they, uh, you guys are in the Midwest. Where, where are you getting crawfish? Oh. Are there farms for, the, so, for these things? No, that they... like, I, I didn't know you could do this, but my, our friend, she, uh, the wife is from Louisiana originally. Her family grew up there. Um, but you, apparently you can, buy them and get them shipped and they bring it they ship uh, them these big like live containers live yeah they're uh, like the kids i have pictures of my kids holding live crawfish 
And like they actually took some down to the creek and released them into the wild. But <laughs> the um, lucky ones. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the few, the proud. But but yeah, no, they're absolutely alive the whole time until you throw them in the boiling water and then they're not alive. Right. Right. Do they squeal as loud as a lobster? I did not hear any squealing. I asked my <laughs> wife that and she she I don't know if she knew I was joking or not, but I didn't hear any squealing. Yeah. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Right on. All right. Well, uh, the, the normal segment of the show where we talk about what we've been up to as far as like media, if we've been watching or playing anything. I think Ryan and I have talked oh. enough, Ken. I think you need to talk about this. I one. know, maybe. Uh, yeah, see, I haven't done anything as cool as a, you know, a crawl dead uh, uh, broil or boil <laughs> or go to, to any uh, theme parks or anything. But uh, yeah, it's still been, uh, you know, trying to keep up on a, on a couple shows. Uh, there's one I'd been recommended by a, a few people, The Resident Alien. Uh, it's a sci-fi original show with Alan Tudyk, where he is a <laughs> an alien being that's uh, come to Earth and he accidentally crashes. He was there to on some other mission that you find out as the show goes on. And he basically takes the place of this guy who's a doctor in this small town in Colorado. And uh, the local doctor is uh, dies, is murdered, they believe. So they look him up that like he's the only other doctor around. So <laughs> have him kind of take over for the town doctor. Okay. Uh, so hijinks ensue kind of thing, but uh, it's a fun show. It's, uh, it's definitely has some really funny parts to it, but it's also kind of a, it is a weird sense of humor for sure. Okay. But, uh, so is so for, it, would it would it describe itself as a comedy or in a sci-fi? Yeah, I think it would body, be. But... Yeah, it would be. Uh, yeah, a sci-fi comedy. Yep, there's definitely a kind of a comedic element, but there's a lot of dark humor in it too. Like for a, a good portion of these episodes, uh, there's one kid in town that can see what he really looks like, and they try to explain it or whatever. But there's some reason the kid can see him for what he yeah. is, so he decides he needs to kill this kid. So there's a. <laughs> A good well, portion well, of a couple episodes where he's he's trying to take out this this little like twelve or thirteen year old kid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, not you know the most <laughs> lighthearted of things, uh, but uh, it's still it's a it's a funny show if you, you stay with it. But yeah, there's definitely a dark sense of humor too, um, and kind of on the the streak of <laughs> darker types of things though, because I uh, been really looking forward to the next season of stranger things and uh they released a a really short trailer of season four like in a a week or two ago and my daughter had expressed some interest in watching i was like well are you sure it's kind of scary you know a little scary uh but she was once wanted to see it so i started her into it but there's certain parts where she has to cover her eyes or have me cover her eyes <laughs> but uh she's really enjoying it and i get a lot of enjoyment just watching her reactions to it and uh you know she she really is attached to all the the kid characters in the in the show so that's been fun we've been enjoying that we're only like uh probably halfway three quarters to the first season so uh not not too far into it yet but been doing that. Um, also been trying to replay through a, a game, Ratchet and Clank. It was an old PS2 oh, game. Oh wow, yeah. Old. Uh, they, they remade they... it for the PS4, and then on the PS5, they released a patch that it lets it play at 120 frames or something, like or 60. Does it look weird? It looks good. It looks really okay. good. It's like very smooth. Because um, they have a new 
uh, title coming out in June. Uh, that's for the PS5, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I think is what it's called. Mm. Um, so I was like, I'm really interested in that. I was like, well, I should go back and play one of the old ones. And it's like, it's a very solid game. Yeah, access to to play that either on the original on PS2 or I know Ryan, you have a PS4. Um, and I think it was free, if not really cheap, if you had PlayStation Plus. I don't think it still is on that deal, but um, it's worth checking out. It's a it's a really fun game. You get tons of weapons, and the weapons are crazy, like just insane kind of weapons. Like one is like a, a disco ball that <laughs> distracts the enemy, so then you can take them out with other things. Like it's it's weird, but uh, it's a fun weird. I liked it. Um, I never beat it originally, so that's why I'm kind of like I should go through that and actually get through the game. Um, but as far as movies, I haven't watched anything new. There were any two? In, Did you watch uh, Tenet? Tenet yet? I did, yeah, yeah. I think. Okay. I oh yeah, we talked about time. it briefly. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Watch Tenet. Um, enjoyed that. I still need. I think I need to watch it again. <laughs> I think at least one more time. Uh, yeah, and I've been watching other like kind of kid movies. Uh, and daughter wanted to watch Tangled again, so we watched that. Um, it still holds up. <laughs> it's a good movie. That's probably one of my favorite of like the the new version of like fairy tale stories. That they've done I, I like it better than like frozen and some of the other ones but yeah enjoy that quite a bit one um, book quick note on tenant i yeah. tried to watch that myself and yeah. i i'm gonna have to resend my blasphemy sword Uh-oh. because you could not hear that's what i told the you yes. the audio is is really off it was unbearable huh. and it was uh, really really bad since I watched it the first time, uh, we got a, a different soundbar. I got a, a Roku soundbar that has a, a feature on it that's supposed to really highly elevate dialogue, make it easier to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel Did like maybe I, I haven't watched it again yet, but oh. that's why I think I should watch it again with that feature enabled. Hopefully can get more out of it. Um, you can always watch it with closed captioning, but not really the most enjoyable way to watch a movie uh, having to read through it. But it can help for if you miss a couple of little things. And uh, on the Apple TV, they have kind of a neat feature. If you hold down the uh, the Siri button and say, what did they just say? It'll rewind it like 15 seconds, turn on closed captioning. And then when it gets past the part that you, when you said that, it turns captioning off again. Oh, funny. So, can, I, I've used that a few things, a few times on, on movies like that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and, and that's a. I do think it is a great movie. I don't know if it was the best picture overall. I don't know. There's a lot going on in it. I think it's a, uh, you know, yeah. worth <laughs> analysis. I guess. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's yeah yeah I gotcha. Yeah, but uh, as far as like uh, some main topics tonight, I actually had some choices for you guys. I didn't have anything set in stone yet and, and i say this because it kind of relates to something I, I was doing on my own here one was the the right to repair which we talked about in an episode a while ago uh mm-hmm. but there's some new uh there's a new article about this uh i guess the the federal trade commission says they're not buying the the tech industry repair uh, their points about you know not letting people repair things so good. possibly a good thing for consumers um and I say that because I have a, a TV. It's not that old. 
probably maybe two or three years old. It's a 4K TV that just died on me. Just oh, it's out, um, which that sucks. And I mean, TVs are so much cheaper now than they used to be. It's not as devastating as if it was like a, you know, $2,000 TV. This was nothing close to that. This is maybe right. a couple hundred, but still I was like, yeah, and I was like, well, I want to get it repaired. And I, I took it to a, a local shop because uh, I, I looked it up online and I don't have the ability to even get the parts for it very okay. easily. You, you kind of have to be somebody who is a, in a repair field to even get some of the things for it. Uh, but I haven't even gotten it back yet. And, and I only have a $50 deposit in it right now. So not horrible, but it, it just got me thinking about uh, repair. And I know Ryan has a lot of opinions about that, especially in the farm industry. That's a huge deal. Uh, that was uh, the other one is a similar topic uh, of uh, appliances and items that are built to uh, to fail. They're they're made to last a certain amount of time and to to fail on you. And I guess the European Union is working to change that trend and putting regulations in place uh, for companies to make products uh, to last longer, so that they uh, don't fail after just a few years. Especially things like appliances. I think that's what they're yeah. focusing in on because these are big items that. You know, if they fail after a few years, that's a lot of waste that you're going to be putting right. into the environment or have to recycle and a lot of energy used for that. Um, the other one is more of a <laughs> biological type of uh, a topic, uh, not completely related to those, but uh, there have been talks of re- reversing aging uh, with either uh, medications or, uh, you know, therapies, um, changing the genes to or turning off certain genes, I guess that will age uh, humans. And, and they proved in, I think in mice and some other kinds of smaller animals or even bacteria that they can uh, double the lifespan of certain things. And it's possible that could happen, you know, through a lot of research and, and work in that topic uh, in that area that it, it was actually it, on humans from the article. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be possible to to extend the life of humans uh, quite a bit. I mean, maybe we already have. Yeah. Well, it, life has been extended. Um, you know, the average lifespan used to be what, like 40, 50 years. And now it's 70, 80. So, yeah, it's definitely getting you know, to the point where you can live a lot longer. And especially if you could be healthy during that time, too, because it's like, I don't want to live to 200 if I'm not able to get around to do anything but uh yeah so of those is there anything we you, you guys want to dive into into more detail or, or or have comments or just a lot of opinions about i am open to any of these i i'm personally i'd like to talk about the aging thing aging? i feel like yeah. we talked about the right to repair already but okay i'm, I'm yep. fine ryan what do you think absolutely we can start there see how yeah. far we get That's okay five yeah so i mean what what would you guys do if, you know, you, you had an extra 50 years or so? I mean, would that change uh, how you kind of go through life or like, you know, priorities of things of um, that baseball card collection? You could probably rethink <laughs> how long you want to hold on to those cards. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what, uh, who wants well, to jump in on that? Yeah. What do you got, Ryan? My first thought is this. Okay. If you age for 50 more years and the quality of life is decent, you got to work more, which means you, there's a whole subset of categories just beyond living longer that need to be thought about. And, you know, huge, if, huge societal effects. Absolutely. Go ahead. Sorry. Yep. 
But yeah, I, I mean, that, and I don't have all the answers to that, but I know there would be. So as I sit there and read that article, 50 more years is great. But if a 50, if it'd be awesome if I didn't have to do anything, you know, but, you know, like I didn't have to work. If it wasn't in this, yeah. you know, I can't go, you know, if I'm 90, I can't farm at 90 as, as, as successfully as I did at 42. So, you know, those 10 things have to be discussed. I mean, how, how much is it just marginal change or are we going to be seeing, you know, I think uh, if they're actually reversing, the change. Age, reversing or at least slowing down the aging process, then I think the idea is that you would have more years where you are able to be uh, active. Uh, as, as active and productive as you are in younger years. So, yeah, yeah I, th- I think you're not going to live the last 50 years at this same lifestyle as somebody who's like an octogenarian now that's, you know, or, or somebody that's mm-hmm. 100 years old. Now it'd be more like, somebody in their 60 or 70s but you're actually you know 120 so yeah yeah they are go ahead yeah i, I, guess I, you, I go ahead ryan i guess just a quote from the article it says that uh nine volunteers two took uh they took a cocktail of three common drugs one was a growth hormone and two diabetes medications and they said they shed an average of 2.5 years off their biological ages, and it was measured by and it was measured by the analyzing marks on a person's genome. Yeah, right. they, I'm guessing uh, they're looking at like telomeres and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's there's these things on your cells or some something on your DNA or something that shorten over time, and they think it has something to do with your aging process. Yeah. And if you can slow those from shortening, maybe you'll stay healthy longer. Right. And that's the thing. It's like uh, even our most modern science today doesn't really understand uh, why we age at the rate we do. And it's like, that's something that, yeah, they're working on and they have, there's a lot of theories, but right. I don't think there's a lot of concrete, uh, you know, facts on, on, on how that works. I mean, if you think about it, your body is really, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a biological machine that's continually, continually reproducing itself over and over again. Like your right. cells reproduce and, you know, I think there's probably some that don't reproduce and you just always have, but like they're constantly kind of, you know, refreshing themselves. Right. So why can't it just continue to stay new? There's right. some, there's something in there that's, that it degrades that over degrades. time. Yep. Whether it's the, the multiplicity thing where the copy of a copy is you know, worse. Yeah. But, but yeah. Is that, and you're right. It does have a lot of societal implications just overall because uh, you're already seeing some problems uh, with uh, the baby boomer generation yep. where there's not enough people to take care of the older people. So if there's more older people, that's a problem in Japan. It's also been a huge problem. Um, their birth rate, the, the overall in the whole world, the birth rate is going down in Japan. Yeah. It's been significantly lower, um, to the point where it is a huge problem. And, and they're if, aging. You know, if people, if people can live longer though, like that would like, so if you have a high birth rate and people are living longer, you're going to have overpopulation pretty quickly. Right. So maybe we're just, maybe just, you know, we're just preparing for the future of living longer. And so yeah. we're having less kids so that we don't have, aren't as taxing on the environment or something. <laughs> yeah, that could be, I mean, it could kind of work that way, uh, you know, work out that way where 
you know, less young kids. Or we're just headed for idiot. We're just headed for idiocracy. Idiocracy is inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, the quality of life, and I think you mentioned this, can be priority number one. If I can't have quality of life and 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 near the same functionality, yeah. uh, what are we? What are we really after? Yeah, you we're know, just. Realize, yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned working longer, and I do think, yeah, you might have to work longer, but if you've uh, invested somewhat decently, I mean, even if you're not an absolute expert investor, it should, you know, get to the point where you wouldn't have to work and be able to live off of your investments if you have planned ahead <laughs> a bit. Yeah. So it is possible to have a life where you are still able to, to you know, to travel and to do a lot of things that you you'd want uh, and have just that freedom without, you know, being tied to a, to a job in old age. Cause that would be the worst outcome of that. It's like, yep, you, you live an extra 50 years, but you're going to work an additional 40 years. So right. <laughs> that's, that doesn't yeah. quite uh, look That would so be good. my fear as a farmer. Absolutely. It's like, I've right. done this. I need something else. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I, I like this conversation and this is why I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Cause I think that there's some, some other things happening too. Like, let's say we can extend our year, our, our life. And have a good quality of life for 20, 30, maybe 40 years, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's still like, there's an issue with overpopulation. So, um, cause if people live longer, you know, you have to, you'll have more people around longer, that kind of thing, more generations together in the same space, so to speak. Um, and then I wonder about, um, you know, Ryan, you talked about working, having to work that whole time. If, if automation continues to, to, you know, get better and better and better. The the golden era or the utopia in people's minds is, you know, people can spend time doing what they want, what they enjoy. Um, and like automation is taking care of a lot of the, you know, kind of, I don't know, hard stuff maybe. Um, so that that's kind of interesting. Like if you have people getting like staying, being able to live longer and good health, and you have this automation boom coming up as long, along with, you know, some sort of artificial intelligence or whatever it's going to be. It might just be, you know, um, I don't know, machine or machine intelligence. Um, and then, you know, lower birth rate. Like, it's kind of interesting that these things are kind of coming up at the same time. Um, it, it'd be, it'd be, uh, yeah, it could be really a different, a very different future than yes. we have, like very different than what we have today. Um but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have a feeling I'll be working until I retire. I, I wonder about my kids. I don't know. I'm not sure how it's going to work. Like your planned retirement. You're not planning to work no. longer than that. So I don't want to. I'm hoping yeah. I can invest well and, and retire. I'd love to retire in my 50s, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, that used to be pretty common that you know, you'd work for 30 years. and right. you know, Retirement age keeps going up and up and up from the government's perspective, too. Right. Baby yeah. boomers. My only counter to this argument, not even an argument, but this talk we're having is, you know, when I casually talk with other people, I always hear them say the most common phrase is like, oh, those were the days. You know, you never you never yeah. hear that for the future described in the future. It's always a more worry and anxiety. So, yeah, that's true. So we're always looking back at the past like it was so much simpler or, you know, you always hear those type of things. So sure. It's, I guess I'm treading cautiously and being yeah. optimistic that the future will be better. Because oftentimes we get to the future 
and it may not be better. You know, that's it's that's, it's funny you mention that because we're there's a ride at Disney World at Magic Kingdom called Carousel of Progress, which is something that Walt Disney put together, you know, back for the World's Fair in the, I don't remember it was in the sixties. Yeah. 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 Um and it's it's really interesting because it starts off as um like uh turn of the century nineteen hundreds, uh talking about running water, like um and how much easier their life is now that they have this. And then it moves into like uh electricity like a, a single electric bulb in their house. Like that's holy cow, life is so much easier now. And then it moves into like they have appliances and all this stuff. And it's like we have so much time to do all sorts of things now that we never had to do like like so the lady was saying it takes me eight hours every day to do laundry or six hours every day to do laundry. Now it takes an hour. You know, it's just interesting that we Yes, it was simpler. I think you're right, Ryan. I think it was simpler. Um, but it seems like we continue to fill it with something. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and even today, we're all busy. Right. Yeah. And so human now, memory is kind of subjective. Like human memory will pick out the good things and it tends to blur oh, over. Total nostalgia, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the hard parts tend to not be I mean, as that's clear why they keep memory. making the same TV. That's why they keep making the same movies about our childhood, right? Because like... Sure those things are better than what we have today. Like, and I'm not disagreeing with you, Ryan. Like I totally agree. Like things were simpler. Um, but I think Ken's right too. I think there's a little bit of a nostalgia there that we yeah. always, you know, I, my grandparents talked about how awesome it was and how, you know, life was better. And my parents talk about that sometimes too. And, and, and I, you know, when I was a kid, it was super awesome because I had no responsibilities and, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm just saying technology can be really, really good if humans can get out of the way and don't ruin it. <laughs> I mean, that's all oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we're really close to, you know, I mean, when you think about the oil pipeline this last week, right? Like it getting hacked. Like if we, if we want to, we can really screw things up and, you know, hack ourselves into, you know, the stone age again or something, you know, yeah. between EMPs and, and other things that could, you know, really destroy us. Yeah. That, you know, if you have everything automated and everything is running, obviously on electricity, yeah, something like an EMP would be more devastating than maybe even a a bomb of some kind. (laughs) Like it just, it would, it would throw everything into chaos. I mean, I think about during the pandemic, like meat plants going, you know, stopping different food shortages and stuff like that. Like if you stop, the the wheels of industry or whatever somehow whether it's with people getting sick or robots getting zapped you know it it really could affect a lot of people negatively yeah but uh yeah and it's something that i it's not like somebody's gonna immediately live i mean to 160 it's like it'll happen probably over time and there'll Correct. be advancements there'll be breakthroughs like it's not like it'll just be uh immediately you have these people who live in 200 years but yeah it's like we're finding out now like robbie you mentioned earlier how the the average age is going up it's just happening gradually through just uh better medicine uh you know information on health hygiene uh, knowledge yeah yeah, yeah, yeah ex- exactly yes yeah, i was looking like through that. some old books you guys are talking about baseball cards i was looking through some old books that my grandparents had to see if any were worth anything there's two or three books in there on basic health and hygiene like i'd like where did these come from like these were things people read 
<laughs> right. Because they were learning about them and they were interested sure. in like, how, how do I keep my house clean? How do I, you know, this is, so. Hey, I wanted to ask, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but I wanted to ask, like, do either of you guys have any sort of um, moral hesitancy towards, you know, artificially increasing life? Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a Ooh. good question. I, I don't, uh, but I do understand where people might, you know, they, they believe that you were meant to live this long and you're going against God if you're living longer than that. But those same people, if you get on an airplane, you could say, well, God didn't mean you to fly because he didn't have wings on. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of where I look at that argument and take that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Ryan, did you have any other thoughts on that? Well, as I went through COVID and we all went through COVID, but my experience has been and uh, the axiom I've kind of developed for myself is nobody gets off this planet alive. No matter how hard we try, nobody gets off of here alive. And if you, if you, and, and based on that worldview for, for, for myself, I guess I do have a problem. We have this fascination trying to live forever rather than enjoying the moment we're in. And I found myself guilty of that. I think a lot of other people do. So, I guess with, with that pretense and that setup, I do have a problem artificially extending life, uh, you know, especially in the, like in the sci-fi realm, like what you, you know, but we're not too far away from that. You know, we've, how long have we been pushing back on, on cloning and uh, all sorts of different things? Yeah. It may make like, it may make life more simple, but we'll, or, or better. You know, I don't want to say that there's consequences. Yeah. So, well, it's like, what if they cure, the what if they yeah. cure heart disease and cure cancer? Those are two of the biggest killers of humans, right? So if you cure those two things, yeah, there'll be a lot of people living longer, but you're going to die of something else. <laughs> it's like at some point. So I kind of get what you're saying. I there. think there's a little bit of a difference though. Like I, I understand, I think Ryan, what you're saying. Um, and I, I, I'm trying to think like, like what's the difference, right? So the, you know, we have, we talked about hygiene and, you know, health, healthy living and, and different things that we've learned over the last century or two to, to help extend our life. We have better medical care, um, you know, taking care of like people have heart attacks all the time and they recover from them. People have cancer all the time and they recover from them, from it. Um, and, you know, we have safer cars, we have, you know, all these different things that are better that that feels those advancements feel different to me than actually like going in and saying okay we're gonna we're gonna lengthen your telomeres so that you age slower that feels a little bit different sure um and then i think that like i feel like that's there's a bit of a spectrum right because there's like that which is like reverse or slow down aging but then there's also like the sci-fi stuff like okay we're gonna upload your brain to this thing or we're gonna create a clone of you and, and move your brain over to it like i I think I feel like there's this like there's going to be this um, I don't know spectrum of some sort and, and yeah. there's things you on there we don't know get, about yet. Yeah, you don't even have to get that advanced. I mean, just we could just have a whole conversation on the pacemaker and what that does for a person's heart. How a doctor yeah. can connect what via Wi-Fi to the yep. device next to their chest. Yeah, and say, um, okay, your your heart's out of rhythm by two bit by two beats a second or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna give you a little zap. And I'm going to get your heart back in rhythm. Right. So there are, there is a segment of the population, you know, that would be, that are, are against that. I know there are, 
you know. Yep. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I don't want to get too personal, Ryan, but I know your yep. mom, yep. you know, she was younger in age was she was part of the Christian scientists, wasn't she? Yep. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's one group that and I know she doesn't believe that at all anymore. Um, yeah. But that, that's one group that's, you know, I've I've heard stories, you know, maybe from your mom. I can't remember of people that she knew that died because they'd never yeah. sought treatment. Like a measles and stuff. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, like so. totally curable things. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Related to what you were saying, Robbie, is that even though I, I don't know if I believe you could ever download a brain to a machine or something like that. But there are ways that they can already do this now uh, where they can simulate someone who has died based on their previous, like if you take all their text messages, all their social media posts, everything they've ever written. The you Black kind Mirror of, episode. Too. There was a Black Mirror on that. Yeah. And it, but that's true. I mean, that that's something that is real. You you can kind of yeah, simulate. They try, they try to create a, um, yeah, a simulation of that person you know, through a computer, right? Like, sure. You think you're talking to that person now because they're talking the same way that that person talked and they have the same, yeah, I know what you mean. The same cadence of speech or the, uh, yeah, they use the same vocabulary, all all that kind of stuff. The idea is that if you, if you can record all of the output of something, whether it's a machine or a person, um, you are very far along the way of recreating that thing. Like, it's yeah. not perfect, right? But like, if you if you know, like, if you have a black box and you have input and output, and you don't know the input but you know the output, you can eventually figure out what's happening inside that box and figure yeah. out what the input is. And it's the kind. Of, I I feel like that's kind of the same thing they're doing with with that. I didn't realize that was a real thing. I know there's a Black Mirror episode about it. And yeah. It's super creepy, and it's got like um, the the actress who plays Peggy Carter and the actor who plays. That's right. Uh, um, is it? Uh, the guy the bag uh shoot it's uh, in star wars right star the wars new... yeah yes. the, um ah uh, yeah, yeah yeah the redhead yeah yeah we're gonna look <laughs> but yeah it, it, it's super creepy super creepy that that one yeah. really made my skin crawl a little bit so yeah i and... guess if you're asking if you, however we can procure life you know and, and the moral dilemma is to that if if i think god gave his brains to you know figure out the answers to cancer, figure out the things of diabetes, but to, to put maybe, I don't know, it's a very fine line with me and I, I'm jumping across the tops of that line in and out, but it's hard. It's very hard. You know, I mean, what's, uh, like, like I said, I feel like it's a bit of a spectrum. Like when do we, when, when is it a problem for some people? And I think everybody, like you said, you know, some people have a problem with the pacemaker. Some people have problem. you know, it, it, it's really interesting. And I think all of us as a society, that line will continue to move forward for more people um, and it won't be as big of a problem for more people. But I wonder what that line is though. Like, I wonder what it is for people. Maybe the question is, is do you have a fear of death? I mean, what's, I mean, what's the better question to ask for yourself? I mean, as you go through life. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and how much stuff do you want to do in your time on earth? (laughs) It's like, do you have, you know, a bucket list that you just absolutely have to fulfill and that you feel like, you know, things aren't complete until you do everything on that, or you just want to see what happens. See, to me, I kind of just, the only, sure. I'd be happy to have a, a healthy, longer life. And, and part of me is just that curiosity of knowing what, you know, what happens, you know, to great grandkids or maybe great, great grandkids, right. that kind of thing. Uh, that would be really neat. Um, 
to be able to see the, these next generations and, and have a, you know, you kind of have the context, you have <laughs> information that they don't because you've been around longer. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, it was Dom Hall Gleason. He played General Hawks. Hawks. That's the, yeah. Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> figure it but, out uh, but. yeah but uh that was it was a good episode I, and i i do think that there, there's something to that but that's that's more for the people left you know that doesn't do anything for the person that died they're they're still gone but uh you know to simulate uh that person in, in whatever way you can whether it's just text or even if imagine if they could do it in text they could probably do it with their voice at some point if they had enough recordings um, because they can do well, that. Have you ever watched a Bond film? You need like you need like twenty words, and you have to <laughs> that's it. No, um, they did this for uh, Roger Ebert. He had a kind of cancer that affected his throat, uh, where he could no longer speak. But he had so many things recorded um, that they created a program for him that he he had this uh, text to speech that sounded just like him, and it it wasn't even like choppy and really, you know, yeah. robotic sounding. It sounded just like him. Uh, hmm. I'm sure it wasn't completely perfect, but yeah, that talk- technology has been around for a while. Um, and he, he had since passed away, but that, yeah, there, there's <laughs> enough there. If you do have enough recordings, they can, they can simulate your voice pretty well. Uh, well that's, that's a lot of topic. For the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they just can go on to 101. <laughs> that's right. We got to keep recording, get enough, <laughs> enough stuff out there to, for you can, your voice can live forever. Uh, anyway, I think that has been about our hour. I think we've, we've covered it as well as we can, I think, in the time we have and with our the information available. Yeah, it'd be interesting um, to see if there are more studies on that particular one, you know, what yeah. happens with it. Yep, for sure. So I'm probably our, too old to participate. You know. <laughs> yeah, you just missed it. It's like, yeah. oh, man, if you're... <laughs> if you got your vaccine, you can't do it. Oh, man. Screwed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, I'm glad we are able to get right back to it after a week off. Uh, we're at 96, so uh, four more planned in the the current block of 100. Uh, we're going for. Um, not saying it's gone forever after that, but I think we're you know we've completed chapter one of Blathering Blatherskites at that point, and and we'll kind of look. At the future, at that point, uh, what's going on after that? You guys um, are, you have permission to use my voice after episode 100 if you have to. <laughs> there, should be, there should be enough material. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. We got rid of we got rid of real Ryan for the, oh, the Ryan. better computer version. <laughs> get the upgrade Ryan right 2.0. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, get the upgrade. Yeah. I, I just have a button here, just like Ryan's voice saying. I think you're right, Robbie. That sounds right. <laughs> That's Robbie. all he says. Yeah. <laughs> Good point, great. Ken. Yep. Yep. Sorry. No, that's great. Uh, all right. Well, I think uh, plan to do uh, next episode next week. Hopefully, uh, we'll stay yep. on track there. Um, uh, listeners, if you uh, liked what you, you heard here, uh, be sure to rate us on the podcast service you're listening on. Um, if you need to get a hold of us for any reason, uh, at B Blatherskites is the Twitter account that we have, and that will at least ping one of us. <laughs> so if you have any comments there, suggestions about the show, uh, we'd appreciate feedback. So 
that's all I've got for tonight, guys. Uh, if you have anything else, final words, say them now. Bye. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.